Hi everybody, welcome back to the CFS Transformation Podcast. So today's episode is going to be, as you may have guessed, about cold water therapy and more specifically if it helps CFS, what the benefits of it are and whether or not you should be doing it. I recently posted a video of me swimming in some very cold water on Instagram when I went to Iceland and it sparked quite a few conversations with people around cold water therapy. Um, Quite a few people wanted to know if I found that it helped my CFS and others were just like curious about what the actual benefits are as the health industry has made it out um, to be quite like a revolutionary thing since Wim Hof came around and all of that. Um, So I'm doing this podcast because I want to help you understand if it would be a good thing for you and kind of just clear up what all the fuss is about. Some people shame cold water therapy. Others claim that it's the best thing that's ever happened to them. And this can often leave us feeling confused. Like, is this just another wellness fad or not? Um, So I'm going to share my story as well of me swimming in the glacier water in Iceland today later in the podcast because um, nothing is ever as glamorous as it looks on Instagram is it? Um, Not that it even looked that glamorous it just looked cold to be honest but it's quite an interesting story so I wanted to share that um, in a little bit as well. First things first however to answer the question should I be doing it? No you shouldn't be doing it if you don't want to do it. And it is as simple as that. If it has no interest to you, if you hate the idea of it, then you shouldn't worry about it. I rarely ever do episodes where I tell you you should do a certain technique. For sure, I make like recommendations for nervous system regulation, mindset change, and I do my best to always back that up with evidence. Um, And I know that anything that I do suggest will be beneficial for somebody suffering with CFS and no other medical issues, because that's kind of my area of expertise. Um, But, well, I'm a huge fan of cold water therapy. And if I'm honest, I do think it helped my CFS recovery. It's something I still do now. But at the end of the day, I'm just not a fan of the word should it would be quite ridiculous for me to sit here not knowing you or your circumstance and tell you that you should do cold water therapy. Like I said, it did help me with my recovery and I'll go into that in more detail in a minute. But I've also seen people reach for recovery without it. And I get really frustrated when listening to wellness or health or fitness podcasts or advice and whoever is talking say that you should do xyz because unless you know the exact person you're talking to and all of their medical and health history and present situation it's very presumptuous and a lot of the time unhelpful to advise them generally and this is why I think a lot of people get confused or misguided when consuming a lot of well-being content So having said that, (laughs) I am going to go into why I love cold water therapy, how it helped me, therefore how it could potentially help you, and why the evidence shows that it does help regulate your nervous system. Um, So yes, it can help your CFS, but it's definitely not the only technique. Um, 
But this is just your reminder that if you have other medical issues going on or you can't access cold water right now or you really hate the idea of it, you do not have to do it. It's not going to prevent you from recovering if you don't do it. You are allowed to be subjective in how you listen and take on um, the advice, even of professionals. Um, so I just want you to remember that as we go through this podcast. Um, so the podcast today is for people who are interested and curious and perhaps want to try cold water therapy. Um, so probably back out now if that's not you. Okay, so I grew up by the beach in England and when I got sick and dropped out of uni I moved back home so I was near the beach again and I remember when I came out of hospital I just so wanted to go to the beach not to swim but because I'd been isolated and in a hospital bed for almost a month and I just wanted to see the beach so my dad drives me to the beach and I tried to walk along the beach um and I got like I think it was about 15 meters down the beach and I started to feel like I was going to pass out. Like I could hardly move my legs. They went to lead. Um, so I just kind of dragged myself back to the car, sat in the passenger seat and my dad got sad because of how sick I was. And I was just exhausted. So I didn't even really care. Like my head was buzzing. A complete cloud of fatigue instantly came over me. Um, so dad took me home, uh, which is where I stayed in bed for a good few days after that. And that was my first beach experience post my diagnosis. Um, no cold water swimming that early on for sure. The cold water swimming, I mean, I say swimming, but it was more a case of floating because I'll be honest here, I'm not actually a very good swimmer. I can swim, but I prefer to float if I have the choice. Um, but anyway, it didn't start until a lot later in my recovery, probably about the 10 month mark post my diagnosis, I would say. Um, and at first it was quite inconsistent as well. It wasn't really cold water therapy. I was just kind of um, exploring with it. But as I started to enjoy it, it became a lot more consistent. Um, but the point is, is that depending where you're at in your recovery, there's not a right or wrong time to do it, but if you're in that place where you can, you know, hard, you're struggling to walk and um, symptoms are just very, very intense, I wouldn't recommend um, trying to go for a, like a wild swim or a swim in the ocean. Potentially cold shower could be beneficial um, if you feel safe to do that. But yeah, until you feel like confident that you're, um, you've got enough stamina to have a cold shower or do a cold swim, then don't do it until that point, basically. Um... So I don't think cold water therapy is why I recovered at all. I think it just helped me more mentally and therefore physically um, along my journey. And I kind of fell in love with the feeling that you get after cold water. I found it really cleared my head and I also found it very empowering. Like I didn't think I could do it and then I would do it. And after you've spent a long time being sick, Anything that boosts your self-confidence or empowers you is a good thing. And it doesn't have to be the ocean. Like I said, there were a few times where I did have cold showers. And I know a few of my clients who use this technique as well. And, and they really enjoy it. Like that is something that they have to focus on and empowers them throughout their own recovery. Um, 
here are a few reasons that I believe it contributed to my overall recovery and also some of the general benefits of it. It causes your blood to come to the surface of your skin and just your blood to get moving in general, which is great for the transportation in your body regarding um, like clearing out toxins, transporting new oxygen, um, and it also therefore supports immune system function and your lymphatic system. So it's really good for like fighting infection and all of those things. It's also a short-term stressor on your body, which allows the nervous system to grow and become more resilient. It's you stress on the body. It's kind of good stress if it's managed well. Um, it reduces swelling and inflammation, muscle and joint soreness. All of these things can be symptoms of CFS. To be honest, you could just Google this, so I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'm not going to go into too much detail with all of the physical benefits. But I was more concerned with the way it made me feel and my mental health. I go on about being present a lot on this podcast. And if you struggle with that, I promise you, if you immerse yourself in cold water, you will become present. There's literally no other place your mind can be but in the moment. It's so cold. You can't be worrying about, you know, your day ahead or worrying about your symptoms or worrying about staying stuck when you're submerged in that cold like you are in the moment you are in your body and that's a good thing i also go on a lot about connecting to your five senses which can be a challenge when they aren't particularly stimulated um but when you're in the cold water your senses will be stimulated trust me so it's really powerful for connection back to your body which is why it helps people suffering with depression or dissociation, both of which are more common in people going through CFS as well. To be honest, any I think any chronic illness comes with an increased risk of dissociation or depression because we often want to escape our body. We're not happy with our life um, and we try and ignore or block out uncomfortable sensations or emotions, etc., which then drives this disconnection from our body. And cold water is powerful at counteracting that. So not only did I love the sense of presence and connection that it brought, but also, like I said, the empowerment factor. When you're sick or when you've been sick for a long time, it's really easy to get fed up with your body and start to talk to yourself negatively and feel like you haven't achieved anything in a really long time. So having a cold shower or a cold dip can really bring a sense of like gratitude and amazement at your body for doing something. And I also love the breathing side of cold water. Cold water therapy, I should say, not cold water. <laughs> Obviously, as a yoga therapist, I've learned quite a bit about breath work and the power it has over your physical state. However, Never has it become more apparent to me, more obvious than when I'm in the cold water. And this is my little Iceland anecdote. So when I went for a swim in Iceland, I went in a glacier lagoon. So there were like icebergs floating around and it was direct runoff from the frozen ice. And I have never, ever felt water that cold. Me and my friend did it together and our goal was to swim out, touch an iceberg and swim back. And we were in the water for about 90 seconds overall, which doesn't sound like that long, but when you're in it, it feels like forever. 
Um, anyway, so when I first go in, my breathing instantly becomes like panting. Um, and I was heavily mouth breathing and I got halfway to the iceberg and then I backed out. I got out of the water because I started panicking. Um, I could literally feel my blood kind of coming away from my limbs and going towards my core and my breathing had gone completely erratic. So I got out and calmed down and by this point my blood had gone to the surface of my skin and I was bright red, literally like a lobster, like the worst sunburn you've ever seen and I was like oh why did I get out? I, I really wanted to touch the iceberg. Um, so I calmed myself down, started breathing through my nose. My friend had done it. She was a trooper. She went in, touched the iceberg, came back out. So I started breathing through my nose and forced myself to um, calm down. I got back in the water, started swimming again, and I forced myself to keep breathing through my nose, even though every part of my being wanted to like hyperventilate. Um, and long story short, I touched the iceberg and achieved my goal and I mean it was crazy it wasn't even cold it was like that burning fire kind of feeling the reason I'm saying this story isn't because I actually recommend it but the moral is about the breathing the moment that I began breathing through my nose and controlling it it just I reminded myself of how powerful your breath is my breath is and how I have complete control over my physiological state if I can really be present and control my breathing. And to be honest, I did know this beforehand um, from everything that I've learned, but it just went clean out of my head when I got into that cold water. Um, <laughs> but the reason I think it's important to do things like this is because this skill is cross-transferable. The skill of controlling your physiology with your breath and it's really helpful for things like anxiety regaining control of your breath to calm yourself prior to a panic attack or when you feel yourself getting worked up is a great like tool to have in your tool belt of course there are other things that may need dealing with for example emotional traumas um, but your breath is so so powerful and just kind of remembering that that is your vessel to your body um, is very important when we look at healing, regulating emotion and regulating the nervous system. The final thing that I really love about cold water therapy is how energising it is. And perhaps this is kind of the key one um, to focus on with regards to how we feel when we have chronic fatigue syndrome. Hot water is relaxing and cold water is energising. If you want to relax before bed, probably have a hot bath. But if you're feeling overwhelmed or foggy or want to start your day with an energy boost, cold water could be the way to go. Because of the connection, it brings you back to your senses and takes you away from that kind of monkey mind, they call it, or just like the overwhelm of your mind. Um, it helps increase your clarity and even if that's just temporary, it's a nice feeling. Now, if you're going through CFS, if you do start having cold showers or doing cold water therapy, this is going to be a new stimulus, right? So it'll take a, a while to adjust 
And initially you might not feel um, energized straight away. You might feel a bit exhausted because it's a new stimulus. Um, but that's something to respond well to, be present with, and then expand your, um, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, what's that word? <laughs> clean out of my head. Expand your... It's not window of tolerance, it's something else. Oh, okay, never mind. What I'm saying is, um, expect to feel tired or a bit drained or even a bit symptomatic when you start something new, obviously, because it's a new stimulus to your nervous system. But eventually this will, um, oh, resilient, that's the word. We will become more resilient, there is, to um, cold showers or cold water therapy because... Um, it's practice, right? And with practice, with consistency, we'll become more resilient and it will become more enjoyable and we'll actually get the benefits of it. So, to answer the question, does cold water therapy help CFS? My answer is yes, but, and that is a big but, only if you are already getting the basics right regarding your health and only if you're consistent. Let me just explain those two things. Too often, we look for miracle cures or fads or quick fixes, supplements, things like that to help us. And we still neglect the basics of our health, which if we took some time to prioritise and work on, we wouldn't need these miracle cures or the quick fixes. So for example, if you're not sleeping well, if you have really poor nutrition, if you never move your body, there is only so much cold water therapy can do for you. In my opinion, cold water therapy is a nice addition to your wellness routine and it does have some amazing benefits, but it's not going to fix you if you're not getting your basics right. It does not counteract the side effects of a chronic lack of sleep or chronic emotional dysregulation or malnourishment all these kinds of things so you don't have to have the perfect health before starting cold water therapy obviously not at all we know perfection doesn't exist and the reason a lot of people do start cold water therapy is because their health isn't in um, a great place at all but the main point here is don't assume that it's going to fix things for you if you are still neglecting those basic areas of health and sometimes we need a little kind of uh, reset and a new habit to feel excited about to get back to our basics. And cold water therapy could offer you that. But just have, if you're going to do it, do it with that awareness that it's a nice addition. It's not a necessity and it's not a basic. And you should always aim to get the basics right first. Um, and then look at, you know, new things while still maintaining those basics. And by basics, all I really mean is sleep and nutrition and then maybe movement on top as well. It's a bit like with exercise, if you've had if you've ever had a like a decent PT in your life, they'll usually tell you that there isn't that much point working out X times per week if you're not sleeping or eating well. Not that it's pointless, but if you have a, you know, a goal of um, losing weight, for example, sleep management and good nutrition are the basics of that then exercise kinds of kind of comes on top 
um, cold water therapy would be something that comes on top of that. So focus on getting your basics right and then build up from there. And the next point is the consistency factor, which crops up a lot in life, I think. Um, again, just like exercise, doing one cold shower once every few months will not impact your long-term health. If you want to get the lasting benefits of cold water therapy, like an increased window of tolerance, better blood circulation, reduced joint ache, increased presence and connection, all those things that we spoke about, you need to have a lasting effort. It needs to be consistent. It will still benefit you if you just go for a one-off, but the benefits will be short-term, like it'll make you feel good in the moment. Um, the benefits will be short-term just like your effort. The amount of effort you put in and the amount of like time you give to something pretty much always equals the amount of time you get out as well. Um, I mentioned that I still go for cold water swims or floats now. Um, so for me, it's been four years that I've been like having this cold water therapy in my life. And that's really just because I've fallen in love with the feeling of it. But I also really feel the benefits in my body and my mind now as well. So being consistent doesn't mean every day. It could be once a week. I try and wild swim as often as possible in the sea or in a river. But when I don't, like if I don't have access to those, if I'm in a city or if I'm away, I'll just do like a little cold shower. At the end of a hot shower, I'll do like a little cold blast. Um, or sometimes I do have a break from it. Like I say, it's been four years, but, um, you know, if if I go through a time frame where I just don't feel like doing it, then I won't. Um, but generally speaking, I try and not go longer than a month without it. Um, however, that's not really that relevant because there isn't a right or wrong way. Um, it's however, it's whatever you can commit to and whatever's going to work for you. So there's no point setting yourself up for failure or overwhelm or perfection. Definitely focus on imperfect action here. You could just aim to start with one cold shower every two weeks. The main answer like with the cold water therapy thing is consistency. So it's choosing to do it in a way you are going to be able to commit to and make sustainable. And something else that I feel like I should point out is that you can get the benefits, all the ones that we've spoken about, like elsewhere. And this is why I would never tell you that you should do cold water therapy or that it's essential because a lot of the benefits cross over with other wellness practices. For example, you can, you know, you get increased blood flow from movement, yoga. You get presence and connection from meditation, getting out in nature. A lot, like the majority of the benefits that come with cold water therapy are just the, the general benefits that you get from a lot of wellness routines. Getting a massage, that really gets your blood moving and your muscles recovering, you know? So the reason I'm pointing this out is that this is just one method, one technique that you could choose to try. But if you give it a go and decide that it's not for you, then accept that. Maybe a yoga session or a facial is more your type of style. Or maybe a combination of the three. And I'm just saying this because too often 
in the wellness industry, things are promoted to have all these health benefits. But it's said in such a way and marketed in such a way that you can't get these benefits elsewhere when you absolutely can. The best technique for you is the one that you enjoy. I stick to doing cold water immersions because I weirdly enjoy it. I love the thrill of it. I love the challenge and I love the way it makes me feel. And finding something that makes you feel happy and present is the real key to finding a well-being technique that will work for you. Because you don't have to find much motivation to do them. It's just something that you want to do. It's like a treat. I honestly get excited when I have time to go for a sea swim. Um, but equally, I love getting a massage when I have time for that. So I encourage you to find your thing. Um, boosting happiness and excitement will boost your overall health. And that's the real goal that we have here. So let's summarise. Yes, there are many wonderful benefits to cold water therapy, but they will only support your health long term and make sustainable changes, especially to the nervous system, if it's practised long term with consistency. You do not need to do it to recover from CFS at all, but if you find it does work for you, it can be a really nice addition and I found it helpful in my own case. I also know quite a few other people who have done it and still do it as well. You shouldn't do it if you really, really don't want to. Like, you know, on a kind of moral level. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but if you don't want to do it, for example, okay, like if you don't want to do it, but you're, um, hang on, no, I haven't said that right. If you want to do it, but you're finding it challenging, that's not a reason not to do it. But if you don't want to do it at all, period, then don't. Like, literally don't even stress about it. But if you if you do want to do it, but you're just finding it challenging, like, cold and a bit uncomfortable, then I would say, like, keep going with it and, and push yourself. Because that's just challenging and that's growth. But if you have no interest, in, no interest in it, then literally just don't worry about it. Okay, so before I finish, I just remembered when I was talking that I watched a Netflix documentary... I think it was a few years ago now, but it was called Don't Hold Your Breath. And it was about a lady in Norway who had chronic pain from an accident that she'd had years before. And nothing, no painkiller, no type of medication helped her. And Western medicine had no answers for her. So she started doing cold water swimming. Literally in a swimsuit, she did free diving under the ice for like minutes at a time. It was absolutely amazing. Like, I really liked this documentary. And shockingly, it cured her pain. She said it was the only thing that worked for her. It was a, such an interesting documentary and I would recommend watching that. Although I'm not even sure if it's still on Netflix, but if it is, definitely give it a watch. And it's also just a nice real life story to see how powerful the cold water can be. And it's always nice to hear, like, a um, positive recovery story from a chronic condition that's been healed I'm not suggesting that you give that a go um <laughs> definitely build up to it if you are considering it um oh that was the other thing actually the water you go in doesn't have to be freezing to be beneficial 
After I swam in the glacier, I looked up what temperature counts as cold water therapy. And it turns out anything between 10 and 15 degrees Celsius or below counts. So if you're thinking, I don't have a frozen pond in my back garden, don't worry about it. A cold shower will literally do the trick. And the general recommended time is three minutes. But again, build up. Start with a 20 second shower and then you can add on um, each time you do it. We are not going for the all or nothing approach. As with anything that I recommend on the podcast, imperfect action will get you closer to that three minute goal than not doing anything at all. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. If you do get value from this podcast, I would love it if you could share, follow or review it simply so it can continue to grow and reach more people suffering with CFS. It'll take you less than a minute, but it could change someone else's life for the better.